right, so we got a stream of Ninja Turtles yesterday from Stern and Company, Jack Danger, and the entire Stern team joined us for an hour to reveal the game. And I'm going to talk to a Ninja Turtles fanatic about this game, Mr. Greg Colton, Rare Hero on Pinside, and he's going to join the show, and we're going to go over what we saw during that hour stream and what we think about the game and some things going on in the pinball industry. Um, my thoughts on it, just to summarize it, I'll say this. I think the game really does a good job in capturing the Ninja Turtles, but I will say this. As I saw it, I have to admit, Ninja Turtles isn't really a theme that I've brought with me from my adolescence into adulthood. It's just not that kind of thing. I mean, even when I go back and watch the 1980s cartoon clips, I haven't really watched those clips in like 20, 30 years. I don't remember what the original voices sounded like. I don't remember the storylines from the show. I, I, it, just, it just hasn't been something that I brought with me the way I brought with me Back to the Future or Top Gun or Karate Kid. You see what I'm saying? I don't feel like most grown adults and most grown men have really thought a lot about Ninja Turtles over the years. Now, some have, and some are diehards, and some of you out there, when you were kids, you met the Ninja Turtles at theme parks, and it drove you crazy, so this game might be for you. It's just not for me. I mean, if I had to choose between Rick and Morty, Guns N' Roses, and Ninja Turtles, Ninja Turtles is at the bottom of that list, and Guns N' Roses is at the top of that list. Rick and Morty, obviously, I'd like the adult humor in that game over the Ninja Turtles campiness, but it, it's there. The campy stuff you love about Ninja Turtles is there. I will say this before I air the interview with Greg. Stern needs to get better at these streams, and it's not Jack Danger's fault, but there was just something about the volume levels were crappy, Dwight kept talking, he wouldn't stop talking, and I just think the first way to show a pinball machine for the first time ever, it's so stupid to just like hold the ball and, and take the glass off and throw it around the switches and, and reveal all of what's in the game, just play the game. Why is it, who, who does this with a video game? Like, oh no, go, go to level three, no, go to level two, oh, go to level one, like just play the game and let people see what you put into it and when they finally just shut up and played the game, it was enjoyable to watch. But before that, it was just, oh, it was excruciating just hearing like the nonstop talking, like just show the game, show the audio of the game, let people hear it, let people absorb your hard work, Dwight. Learn to just maybe let the game do the talking, okay? All right, so here's Mr. Greg Colton, Rare Hero, talking to me about Ninja Turtles and other stuff. All right, back by popular demand, ladies and gentlemen. The biggest Ninja Turtle fan has decided to join his arch nemesis, Canada, Mr. Greg Colton, Rare Hero. Greg, welcome to the show. What's up? Are you are you the shredder to my uh, to my Michelangelo? I guess I am the uh, the Steve Ritchie voiced shredder to your Tim Sexton voiced Raphael. No, so right. I. Greg, I wanted to have you on because you're a huge Ninja Turtles fan, and we both watched the stream tonight. Correct. Right. Okay. Yes. So let's talk about it. Like first, just give yeah. me your overall feelings on the game to date. Sure. I mean, I've got you know my pro column and my con column, but you know, like you said, I'm a huge Ninja Turtle fan from back when I was I was just massively, massively obsessed with the show when I was a kid. So it's just a huge part of my nostalgia. The music, the voices, everything is completely baked into my head permanently. So you know, I'm coming at it from that angle. Yeah. Yeah. So you're you're a fan. So I mean, and. And we've been talking, I mean, growing up loving the show, 
the voices, the actors, the the theme song, all that matters to you, right? As as a diehard. Yeah, exactly. And and I mean, here's the thing. I mean, pretty much with any pinball machine that's licensed on something uh, nostalgic, uh, you, you want it to be true to the license, right? So, and it's not a weird thing to expect for them to have, uh, you know, the clips, the voices, things like that, because it's been done in the past. And, and it used to be kind of a prestige project for pretty much any license to have their own pinball machine. It was like this little thing that was cool to have. You know, it's cool if your show or your movie has its own pinball machine. So, right. you know, you, usually they could get, you know, Schwarzenegger to do the Terminator games or with Spider-Man, you know, they had J.K. Simmons uh, doing the custom call out. So it, it just that used to be a thing that was common and expected. And and as a buy, you know, someone who buys machines for a home collection, it, it you know, you're always talking about things that are special. Like to me, it's special when they get someone really from the property to be involved and provide custom call outs and things right. like that so so same thing for turtles and especially it's not like these guys are schwarzenegger you know these are our cartoon voice actors they're all still alive yeah and they've and they've all been out of work since 1988 right <laughs> no they're still they're still working but uh but i can't imagine they're massively massively expensive but i mean maybe for stern's budget they are i don't know but yeah honestly i would have preferred at least in the the audio realm for them to have used uh, show clips of the characters and maybe hire a few of the actors to do custom callouts. Um, you know, even, even just from what I could hear in the stream when Dwight wasn't talking over everything, <laughs> there was a line directly. For, I just watched a bunch of the first episodes the other day, and there was a line in the pinball machine directly from the show where uh, Raphael says, uh, oh, the mutation didn't raise their IQ. You know, and just listening to it in the pinball machine, it's it's not Rob Paulson with that sarcastic Raphael voice that I know. You know, it's it's not the nostalgia, my nostalgia coming out of that pinball machine. And we were, we were talking earlier. It would be like watching Optimus Prime talk to Megatron, and it's not Peter Cullen saying like one shall stand and one shall fall. Right? It's like it's well, like that, no, it's well, that's what happened in the in in the Transformers pinball, which which I bought back back when it came out. Um, they had a fake Optimus Prime, and it it sucked. <laughs> right. You know, for me, it sucked. Some people don't care. Some people, either their ear doesn't register that difference, or they don't care about the property that much. Um, but you know, just to say something to their credit, even though they are, they're using fake voices in this game, it's clear they're fans. It's clear they're trying to be those voices, and they're actually doing it for the most part a decent job. I thought you know, right. Krang, Shredder, uh, most of them sounded pretty good as far you know it's not like the marvel games yeah i mean i fucking hate the the bobbly bobo and uh, you know, the beast. <laughs> yeah the bobbly bobo a bobbly bo that you know it's it yeah, yeah. crazy and and the uh the you know like the x-men voices um the marvel voices on the whole have all been terrible so this is much better than that it's you know on one hand like i said it's not my nostalgia but it's not offensive like right it gets you through the game you know like you know who's talking so let me ask you a question because I, I I was watching this stream and I don't think I've ever seen a stream in which after an hour I was like, did I even see anything other than Dwight <laughs> anxiously talking over the entire hour? Like, what? what yeah. Like, why didn't they just play yeah, we, the game? I, I really wish they would just play the game. The whole thing where it's like, well, if you do this and you do this and then, you know, take the ball by hand and put it into that thing. Look, maybe people like that. Personally, I'd rather them just play the game. Let's see organically how this game develops. There was a point where he was asking Jack Danger to grab the ball to do something. And they're like, dude, the glass is on the game. 
<laughs> he's playing the game. Like, just yeah. shut up and let him play the game. So it was a little bit of a weird stream. It was the first ever COVID stream by Stern. It was nice to see the entire design team on the stream. We had everybody. Yeah. Which was cool. Yeah, yeah. And, and I agree. These yeah. guys are very passionate. So, Greg, let me ask you. So it's interesting because this is based on the 1980s cartoon, but there are no right. clips from the 1980s no, no. cartoon. So how do you feel about that? So I kind of have a theory or a few theories about why they create these new CG animation sequences instead of using the clips. Personally, I would have loved to have just seen the clips in there because to me, that's the show, you know, kind of like Batman 66 puts the, the clips up on the uh, on the screen, you know, and I could be totally off base with my theory about why they don't use the clips. In the case of Batman, they have really nice remastered, you know, high def film assets they can use. The turtles didn't really age well in terms of the footage. It's it's like the the best they've got is like VHS level masters. So my my thinking is maybe they they see that footage, think it looks too old for a new game, and by making this new CG artwork that makes it look more current and modern. And the, and they have this crew of animators there that need to work. So that's probably part of it too. They're like, well, if we just use clips, then these guys have nothing to do. Which would you rather have though? But choosing between the CGI and even like a somewhat, you know, VHS looking clip, would you still rather have the original? Honestly, I'd rather them do something more like uh, an After Effects or a, a Flash thing where they're using maybe Zombietti's artwork and manipulating that on the screen, you know, having, you know, a turtle, but just like a drawing you know, kind right. of flying with some effects and stuff. Cause let's be honest that the, the animation they're doing for, for the screen, it, it just looks dated. It, 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 like I hate to be mean about it. I mean, I, I feel like I'm Greg, for those who don't know you, you're an animator working on the family guy show. So you, this is your, this is your career. So you see this. Yeah. I look at things frame by frame. Like that's how my eye functions. Right. That's how my brain functions with animation. <laughs> it, it also is kind of comical when people see stern animations. You're like, these are incredible. And it's like, okay, have you not played a video game in 20 years, guys? Well, like, that's, that's calm down. It, it, it kind of looks like, to me, like a PS1 and 64 level character model that's been up But But you see, they, they put these... I don't know if you if you were like watching some of the the footage of the uh, the screen, but like there'll be these scenes where like the turtles are just kind of moving up and down on one side, and the foot soldiers are just moving up and down on the other side. And to me, it just looks like a video game where someone put the controller down, like right. you know, and, and the screen is basically waiting for you to hit something so so the characters react to the squish and stuff like that. But, De- um, Deadpool's like that, where the 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 bad guys are coming at Deadpool, and they're just like it's like. They're like six inches from them, and they they're not throwing a punch until something happens in the game. Yeah, it's it's sort of that weird thing where, you know, and this is sort of like they're still trying to figure out that transition from DMD to LCD. You know, on a DMD when you know, quote unquote, nothing is happening, you just see the score, and then you hit something, and then the animation would happen. So they're trying to do this thing where you always see something is on the screen, like ready to happen. What's always weird to me is when they have an animation that keeps looping. I'll give you an example. There's like some score you get where like the the turtle van like comes down the street and sort of like slides around the corner. And yeah. then and then like it just does it immediately again. And you're like, well, wait a minute, like we just came down this street. We just made that turn. Why are we doing it yeah, yeah. exactly the same way again every time you hit the switch? Like it just it just doesn't. I don't know. It feels weird, right? It, it's like it's like a skipping record. Well, that's well, that's kind of that's kind of a DMD theory in a way too. You know, in a right. lot of DMD games, you, you hit the shot and there's like a little clip that plays. But you know, because usually it was is quicker and it was dots and a little simpler. Like it didn't quite strike you as being as repetitive, right? 
as, as like in yeah in this case it's like there's a little rat in the front of the screen and the van's coming towards it and it runs away and that that just keeps happening every time right so let me ask you greg because i'm just curious too this game's very colorful there's a lot in it there's a lot of animations going on i walked away from the stream I don't feel like I got as much of a connection to this game as other streams, and maybe it's just because they were trying to do a lot with a lot of people talking. And a, I, How did you feel? Did you feel like you, it clicked with you after seeing the stream? I mean, I'm sort of half and half. I really, I want to see more gameplay. I really want to see just sort of organically, like people hitting the shots, how things happen, if there's sort of a satisfying feeling from hitting a bunch of shots and making a mode start or uh, starting a multi-ball and getting jackpots and whatnot like you know i mean it's it's really hard to tell that stuff until you really play it but i feel like you can kind of tell it from a stream i'm not going to run out and order one let's put it that way <laughs> but i could still see myself possibly in the future wanting to get it like i don't want to write it off because you know like i sort of wrote off jurassic park because it's like eh, i was I, I was so so on the art i didn't like that they weren't using the movie assets i thought the voices were terrible and that was just from seeing stuff online and then i i played it at a friend's house and in person, it blew me away. It, it's an incredible experience. It's super fun. It felt great. So, like, I don't want right. to write this game off. I mean, I, I like I like board designs a lot. But they always shoot great. They're always fun. And and from what I could tell so far, the rules don't have that like stuff that I usually don't like lately about Dwight's rules. It kind of looks like he's making a game that that I could like. You know? <laughs> so. it, it, yeah. It was funny because like I agree. Like I'm like, man, Dwight. Like it's not annoying. Unfortunately, you're annoying us by not shutting up about it. Just like let us watch this rule set unfold. It was also kind of weird the way after an hour, like Jack Danger clearly has the game and Jack, they didn't just let Jack do his thing. It was kind of strange. They pulled the plug on the stream. It was like, that's mm. it kids. Like go order your LE now and we'll see you in two days with the pro. So I, right. I, I agree. I think we all need to see a little bit more. And, and Greg, if you're not chasing after an LE, I mean, you're, you're in a great position to just, you know, see how this game goes. I mean, they're going to be making premiums of this game for three, four years. Yeah. I mean, I don't, I don't really jump on LEs. And the last LE I bought was Star Trek LE. And, uh, and that's sort of when I stopped buying new pins anyway. So, um, yeah, I'm fine waiting. Like I'm not an LA person. I'm, I, you know, to me the premium's the same exact thing. So if if I do want a game, if I end up wanting it, I'm more than happy to just get a premium or or not, whatever. You know, new used. I'm I'm not in a rush. But uh, but I sort of feel like had I watched this stream, and I, I think if it had, you know, for me, and again, just being a huge fan from when I was a kid, if it had the real voices, if it had the real clips, I think I would be calling my distributor right now and being like, fuck it, I want it. <laughs> Yeah, like I, I kind of agree. Like I love Transformers, I love He-Man, I love GI Joe. If this was the, we were talking about this earlier. It always feels like Stern Games of late. They're sort of interpretations of the thing you love. They're not direct right. porting the thing you love into the game anymore. And and some people seem to like that. You know, they like that it's its own thing. I think was it Elwin or someone said something about some games being like. Like the pinball machine is a DVD clip player, you know, and, and some people don't li actually don't like that when it's too literal to the source material. Uh, it's a, that's a, that's a cop out. That that's a, <laughs> I mean, who doesn't want to watch movie scenes they love over and over again, or like cartoon clips over? And, I, yeah. I always I don't buy that. That like if you use the Willy Wonka clips, it's going to get boring and repetitive. No. Yeah, I mean, I think it just depends on the game. I mean, like I said with Jurassic Park, it it turned me off at first, and then I saw creatively why they did it right and 
it worked. And like, I respect the decision they made because it made for a really good game. Right. You know, whether that's the case on turtles, I don't know. Cause it does look like they're using plot lines, uh, lines of dialogue and stuff that they could have just cribbed from the clips. Right. And so I, maybe there were, you know, like I said, maybe my theory about it being too old and then want it and them wanting it to feel fresh, that could be a possibility. Or maybe there was some weird licensing thing where they couldn't use the footage. I, I really don't know. As a marketer by trade, I never mentioned that on the show, by the way. <laughs> I would, I'm inclined to believe Nickelodeon would want them not to go back. A lot of these companies, like they've got the current version of Turtles, and they don't like to rehash the past as much as possible. Well, but, it, but in this case, it, it is the old version, and Nickelodeon is absolutely cool with uh, licensing the old nostalgic turtles you know the that arcade one-up company made a bunch of turtles arcades and it's the classic 90s konami games and you know they didn't update the graphics to be the new version so they're they're you know and you can still buy like t-shirts and merch and all sorts of stuff just because nostalgia sells i mean that's part of why nickelodeon bought turtles not just to have a new version of it but to have like the entire catalog of turtles that people have nostalgia for to sell product what about the game mechanically anything how how did you feel about the toys the flow the, the the gameplay itself i mean it looked pretty good i mean you know borg tends to sort of have a sort of a wheelhouse and like it looks a little bit tron which is cool because I like Tron. It looks a little bit like like the ramps coming back remind me of uh, Apollo 13. That kind of had a split ramp coming back, but in this in this game, it's got the little uh, controllable diverter, which is cool. Yeah, I don't know. Like in my mind, of course, you know, we we always design the game in our mind before we see it, right? So like in my mind, I was thinking like, oh, how cool would it be if one of the subterranean drills would come up from the play field and open up, and you know, the balls would spill out for multi-ball, something along those lines, or you know, they they went really heavy on the uh, the mousers. You know, I was thinking it, it could be cool if they had, um, you know, like a Attack from Mars with the Martians bouncing up and down. If they had mousers all, all around where their their jaws are chomping and you, you have to, you know, shoot targets to destroy the mouse. So, I, you know, in my mind, it's like, OK, they could have done this. They could have done that. But, you know, the game they come up with, I mean, it, it's it's legit to the light. You know, how sometimes toys don't feel like they make sense for the license. Like, I mean, I don't know, just we were talking about Transformers. It's like, why am I hitting Optimus Prime? He's the hero. Right. So in this case, all the toys makes sense for the theme the the balls come out of the turtle van four balls it's like four turtles coming out of the turtle van you know the glider that's part of the turtle yeah, blimp. yeah. uh pizza pizza's pizza and uh krang is in there i mean he doesn't do much but he's he's krang <laughs> yeah it's kind of you know when i was watching it it's you know it's like a sum of the parts kind of game for me there's not like a singular thing in it that's kind of like a wow or like an innovative thing that i was like wow how'd they how'd they engineer that i, I was laughing when i was watching this stream though because for some reason in pinball, Greg, like people get impressed when you just throw a lot of balls into a multi-ball. Like for some reason, people were really impressed. There were seven balls in play at once. And I'm like, <laughs> why is this impressive? Like, it's so easy just to code that. Are you impressed? Are you impressed by a lot of balls going around at once? I mean, I used to know I, I used to own an uh, Apollo 13 and that had a 13 ball multi-ball. So it's oh. like once you've done that, it's like, who Not, cares? You where, know? where do you go? Uh, I'm going to make Apollo 14 from American Pinball. I <laughs> just like take a No, um. Okay, so let me ask you a question. So I know you're in the market possibly for this game. You're also a big fan of Rick and Morty. Two animated franchises brought to market at the same time. What are your thoughts? Like, which one do you think is integrating the theme better? Which one do you think? I mean, they're completely different approaches. Right. But, I mean, can you imagine if if, it makes you wonder if Stern had done Rick and Morty, would you see 
clips from the show or would you see their own like CG Rick and Morty's floating around the, the display? Right. Uh, it, it makes you wonder, but um, yeah, I have a Rick and Morty on order and uh, you know, I haven't played it yet, so I'm going to be pretty much getting it blind, but I mean, I'm a huge fan of Scott and TNA. You know, I used to buy a lot of new games and I really don't anymore, but uh, TNA is like the one, I guess, modern game that I have right now. And, and I love it. So, you know, I, I know, you know, people have debated the gameplay on Rick and Morty, whether it's, you know, smooth or clunky or whatever. But uh, I don't know. I, I trust in Scott's instincts when it comes to game design. So I'm, I'm still really excited to get it. And yeah, the integration is incredible. I mean, even if uh, it's not the greatest, smoothest game or what have you, I think it's going to be so much fun, fun to explore, fun to play, fun to play with friends, fun to watch my, my daughter call people a piece of shit after watching me play. <laughs> yeah. Well, and, and Rick and Morty, I would, I'm just going to go out on a limb and say the majority of people who are buying this game from Spooky Pinball were not Rick and Morty fans. I, I think most of them are Scott Denisi fans, and they acquired the show after the fact and enjoyed it. I, I'm one of those people. I, I, it yeah, I mean, it could be a little of both. I mean, I, I was a fan of both, so like everything came together for me. How do you think this thing is going to sell for Stern? I mean, there's a lot of debate, and this is all just speculation. They'll never give us numbers, but do you think this is going to be a home run? Do you think it's going to be middle of the road? What are your thoughts? I mean, considering the situation we're in with, with COVID, it's it's hard to say. I mean, I'm sure you've heard the same things I've heard, that like games are still selling really well to, to home buyers right now. Um, unfortunately, I don't think they're going to, do as well with operators right now. And I think this game would actually do really, really well on location. Cause I think anything nostalgic does well on location. Plus Ninja Turtles has a history with the arcade. People love the four player Ninja Turtle arcade. So I think that would also translate to uh, people wanting to play the pinball machine as for home buyers. I mean, <laughs> I don't, it's again, it's hard to say. I think, you know, I was telling you the other day, there's like a, a very specific age split with this game. I think if you're like our age, like, 43 or younger maybe you know i might be a little old to have been obsessed with ninja turtles so you know let's say like 41 and younger you're gonna get this theme if you're like 45 and older you're like you missed the phenomenon and you're not gonna get it so those people aren't gonna buy on theme but people who are you know let's say 41 42 or younger especially maybe if they have have kids it's like they have nostalgia for it kids like ninja turtles it's it's a good family game so if people want to buy a game for their uh, family game room I mean, it, it, it could connect with people. You know, I, interesting, because I, I went in on a few LEs selfishly to flip them. <laughs> to flip them. I mean, I'm not even lying. Like, I, I, I have three on order. Uh, and I did, I, did, you know, I did get a text tonight from Cointaker saying, uh, we, we, uh, we got to give up your LE. Because Chris and Melissa know me by now, and they're like, dude, you always make a reservation at a restaurant. You never come eat here. Um, <laughs> so uh, apparently it is selling pretty well. If, if they are asking for my spot, it means they have a lot of demand for the game. Um, we oh, will there see. You. There's always, there's always that one day spike, you know, there's that one day spike where there's the FOMO is at the highest because you get the verbiage from Stern. I, I love how Jared posted. I, I feel privileged to be one of only 500 people out there to spend $9,000, even though oh, yeah, he, he called it uh, like an elite club or something. Yeah, and we all know that he's probably only spending like 3500 on his uh, at-cost price from Stern. Uh-oh, Jared, I just said that. But you know what I mean? He's not spending nine grand. But, you know, look, I think if you love this theme, you're going to be happy with this game. I mean, I didn't see anything in it that made me be like, you know, I mean, there was nothing to really yeah. worry about. But to your point, if right. you're into the content from back in the day, 
you're going to have to compromise a little bit, but but so what? You got a modern day Ninja Turtles game, which is kind of a modern miracle because they, oh, didn't, they didn't need like, to remake this theme. There is already a game out there. Exactly. But this is, uh, I mean, clearly already a, a billion times better than the old one. And yeah, you know, the, again, there's the things we expect. So yeah, when I see their animation and I'm like, oh man, I just wish it was the show. It's like, okay, I, I feel like me, even I can get over that in the sense that you know, when you're playing the game, the display is a display. You know, it's not like you're watching uh, on an 80-inch TV screen and, and, and the, the display is, the you know, you're looking at the game. You know, the game is the game. The display is the display. I, I, I can deal with some janky animation on the display if the game is super fun and I'm into it. And, uh, and yeah, we'll, like I said, we'll see. I think there's enough good stuff in it. I think it looks like it plays great. The rules actually look really interesting. It looks like they, you know, they have enough, uh, sort of simplicity to under, you know, like uh, just modes and uh, multi balls and stuff like that, and and then some of the nuance, like the you know picking your character and that those different things. So yeah, it kind of looks like it has something for for everyone, and it looks like the type of game you could kind of learn over time and and learn some of the nuance. So uh, the music's incredible. I forgot if I'd mentioned that. The, I thought the music was incredible. Right? Jerry Thompson's music is uh, awesome. So yeah. that's a plus. You know, and and as I was watching them explain the co-op play in this game, I was like, this game was designed for the internet. I mean, they cl clearly... <laughs> oh, we got to get into the internet. <laughs> well, no, I mean, and we're going to talk about it, but clearly they designed this game to connect people's Ninja Turtle machines. And I know it's coming, it's mm -hmm. just been delayed, but come on, Greg, you know these modes are meant for four buddies to be able to play remotely. Right, but, you know, and I've been, I've been yammering on Pinside about this, like, the, the whole we need internet pinball gameplay thing. I, I personally think is a bit misguided because it's one of those things you think, Oh, this would be so cool. But if you really think about it in practice, you know, compared to a video game, when you're playing an online video game, you see everyone on screen together, you're all interacting in the same space. You're all synced up one-to-one. -one. If you're staring at a wood play field and you're quote unquote playing with someone online, like what does that really do for you? Like, you can't see what they're doing. You're doing your thing with your play field. Is it really, is there a satisfaction to it? Is it really, I sort of feel like if you had an online game in your house, you, you'd try it like three times and be like, oh, this is stupid. Let me, let me, run, a, let me run a scenario by you. Like, I, I get it, but I think you could, if you design the game from the ground up, and I mean by the from the ground up to have that ability, imagine this. Imagine I'm playing you and we're competing right. to hit every shot in the game and there's like two lights there's a green light and there's a yellow light and they're they're all lit and when i hit my shot my lights go off on your machine so you know you know you're like racing against me to do something in a mode maybe and i think you could do it you would just have to design the games from the ground up with that in mind but would that be fun like uh, you know if pinball is such a tactile force feedback sort of a game like you hitting a thing on your thing when I'm not there to witness it, and the only thing that I see is like a light changing on mine. Is that really something doing? Is that doing doing anything for me? Yeah, you just described the greatest pinball experience. No, I mean, look, <laughs> with Jerry's P3, like I mean, at least his is very physical with his heads up game he has on Multimorphic, where there's those right. those actual drop targets going up and down. If you have a machine and I have a machine, you're you're physically controlling what's happening in my machine. I mean, it's 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 fun when you're at the show and you play it. I don't know. I just think it it's something that nobody really knows. I think in the realm of pinball, the, the concept of playing against each other online is 
it's just kind of a gimmick. I don't see it really being a game changer. I don't see it selling more units, you know, and, and, and also, I mean, you, you got to think of the user base, uh, you know, online games, Fortnite, Mario Kart, there's tens, 20, hundred million people playing, you know, if how many people are going to have, you know, even if a Stern game sell sells well, you know, there might be a few thousand people who have this game and then how many of those are actually online and then how many of those are actually online at the same time. I see it as a versus mode, Greg. That's just like an added bonus feature to a game. I don't see it ever becoming like the main purpose of a game to be a connected experience. Sure. So I, I it just, I just as think a, it's something as a fun. Bonus. Yeah, like... Like I I, I've got my Rick and Morty and I'm a little bit bored and you've got your Rick and Morty and you're a little bit bored and we hey, want to go against each other and see who can, you know, and you could you could do a, a player versus player mode just 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 for shits and giggles, maybe. I, I don't know. But like, yeah, I just I just honestly, I, I don't think it would be I really just don't think it would be that that fun or satisfying. I mean, I, I'm not going to argue against games having internet or wi-fi for other reasons i think having social media connectivity is see when when stern finally releases internet in their games i think it's going to be for social media connectivity uh so you can like find out where games are so you can maybe compare high scores on different games i think there's a lot of things you could do for operators and owners where you could you know change settings on the game from your phone like if you wanted to change the pricing or if you wanted to change the difficulty or something there's a lot of cool things you could do with an online connected game i, I just think pinball is such a specific type of game that playing against each other quote unquote <laughs> online sort of isn't what it would excel at in the teaser video for ninja turtles why was zach sharp so serious in it have you, have you seen his face in that video he looked like it, it, this he was, takes he was his go- job seriously he was going to war against this machine this this was no this is no turtles against shredder eating pizza this was this was serious business it's the, the stern the stern army they're going to war against- yeah why do they market these games and i know i i talk about this a lot but but this is such a fun theme, right? And right. there's so many fun and creative ways you could maybe introduce Ninja Turtles. I'm just shocked that there's no pizza integration with a, a national pizza chain. And my idea was always to have a, a, a button on the game. And this is if you're internet connected, that would actually order pizza to the location <laughs> of, of each machine. Like that would be super simple and awesome. I don't know. I just feel like it's always what, you can't order, you can't order a pizza on your phone. Like no, I mean, no but like <laughs> I just for for them to break. Uh, people always talk about expanding the reach of pinball, right? And I think Ninja Turtles sure. is a mainstream theme that does get you beyond the typical pinhead audience. There's a lot more people in the Ninja Turtles that are into pinball, and so I don't know. I just always feel like they sometimes Stern misses some opportunities to broaden and think creatively outside of the pizza box and how they can launch these games like did today's launch feel was there even like an ign story today i think well, i saw one on kotaku i i don't know who had the exclusive you know I, right I, I really don't know i mean Kaneda had the exclusive last night <laughs> I, but like i don't know maybe maybe i'm overthinking it i just always feel like they could do more than just like this yeah well those those videos are kind of a template all, the, all their videos are kind of similar it's the dark room it's i think usually zach playing um right. Yeah, he's, he's taking it very seriously. And like, I mean, that just might be from his mindset as a tournament player. Like, that that's what pinball is. Me versus the machine. There's nothing else around, just darkness. It just looks like he's, he's like, playing a game with no pants on, and that's why he's just, like, so worried they're going to, like, pan below the waist. No. All right, so let's talk about you're on pin side a lot. Not that much anymore, but 
a couple threads. You, you think I'm bitter that I'm not on. Um, <laughs> but let's talk about some of the other stuff happening. So do you think Deep Root will make it out in 2020? No. Just just flat out no. <laughs> no, I just I just have, I have no confidence or nor care. Like even if they did, I really don't give a fuck. Like the whole story behind that company with with J-pop being involved, with just the bravado, the arrogance, uh, never really proving they had any. I mean, it's really the same thing that happened to J-pop. He had all these plans, but no way to actually manufacture. We still haven't seen that they have the ability to manufacture and do what Stern does, do what Spooky does, do what. Jersey Jack does. Um, right. Yeah, I don't know. Nor do I really care. I mean, if they came out with a game, I, I wouldn't even play it. Right. <laughs> that's how much, that's how little I care about what they're up to. Okay. So Hot Wheels, American Pinball. How I, I, I listened to Josh Coogler today in another podcast, and he was saying how you got to get your order in now if you <laughs> want it by July. So how do you think they do coming out of, uh, out of this I, pandemic? I practically forgot that was even, that even existed still. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I mean, there, look, there's people who buy stuff. Like, that's the thing. We've got, like, the pin side mindset of who buys games, what type of games people want to buy, what type of themes sell or don't sell. But there are a lot of people who, they're just not part of this universe. They have a game room in their house or a room that they want to be a game room. They call up a distributor. Hey, what do you have? I got this, this, this. Oh, give me that one. So, who knows? I mean, it, it could do okay. But, I mean, and you've said this before with Hot Wheels, when it comes to nostalgic-type licenses, most of them work when they have when they're character based because you remember the characters you remember the lines of dialogue you remember the scenes and the stories and hot wheels doesn't have that and i know they're using like some uh animated videos and whatnot for their uh uh for modes and and what have you but um but that's not anything anyone has an attachment to um so so i i think it's a miss for a theme pick i I don't think it's going to move the needle much at all why can't they why can't american pinball figure this out by now like what? What's going on over there? What What are your thoughts? I mean, this is the third swing at the plate. These are these are not like newbies to the industry. Like Balser's been around the block a million times. What's happening? Yeah. They've got endless capital, it seems, to make these games. I don't know. It's kind of it's kind of like in the old days when you had uh, Williams, Data East, Gottlieb. I feel like they're the Gottlieb. Like Gottlieb would get licenses like like Waterworld and Barbed Wire. It's like shit no one cared about, but they probably got it cheap. And they're, you know, they're like, oh, okay. Right. Uh, I take Waterworld over Oktoberfest, but I'm, I'm just, at this point, it, it just feels like, do you think if Hot Wheels doesn't succeed that we're going to see game four and five from these, from these guys? I don't know. I don't know what their, their money, such, I mean, cause they're, they're a company that makes other stuff, right? That's like sort of their main business. It sort of feels like pinball is sort of the pet project. So yeah. I suppose if pinball isn't putting them in the ground financially, they can keep trying. Right. But, uh. Yeah, it would be nice if they if they if they came out with a theme that was that was uh, more relevant or had more uh, nostalgic. You know, if you're going to go for a, a, an old theme, it's got to be something that has nostalgic pull on people that makes them so excited they they want to buy the game. I mean, that's that's the situation <clears throat> with with Stern and all these companies. They they or theoretically they're trying to pick themes that will make you buy the game without playing it, which seems so easy to do. <laughs> and then I see half of these themes, and I'm like, what are you thinking? <laughs> Like let me yeah. let me let me ask you about Beetlejuice for example, right? Is Beetlejuice, I think Beetlejuice would be phenomenal? So why why was that passed on? And George Gomez said like we could have made it and we passed on it because nobody was passionate about Beetlejuice, but we're passionate yeah, about Black Knight. That's that's weird. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, again, you know, sometimes like I was saying with sort of the the 
the age thing where if you weren't the right age at the right time, certain phenomena, uh, you just weren't part of it. Like, for instance, with us, like, you know, like we're not into Pokemon, right? Like, I don't care about Pokemon. You don't care about Pokemon, I'm assuming. But if we were just a few years younger, Pokemon was huge and that would have taken us. You know, I was in college when Pokemon came out. So it's like I, I just totally missed it. But I can't deny that it's a huge phenomenon with with a massive amount of fans. Um, so maybe they just were like weren't in the right sort of age bracket to be swept up in that Tim Burton scene of of, of the 80s. You know, it was like Pee Wee, Beetlejuice, Batman. But that's where I'm, I get confused because clearly Beetlejuice falls into that time period that hits the core buying demographic right on the bullseye. Yeah, I agree. It's it's weird that none of them connected with it. If, if that's what happened, I mean, maybe, maybe there's some another reason. Maybe maybe it was hard to license. Maybe, that, but that's what frustrate frustrates me about <laughs> pinball themes is Stern just seems to be all over the map lately. Though, I mean, you're going Ninja Turtles, Monsters. I mean, there's like twenty something years between those properties. Sure, and it's okay. It's okay for different. You know, it's okay for them to shoot for different demographics. I mean, the the thing with Stern is, you know, they always have what five six different titles still in production at any given time so it's it's actually good for them to kind of have a portfolio of things that hit different yeah. age groups you got beetles and monsters for people who were around in the 60s you got stuff like ninja turtles or jurassic park for people whose nostalgia is the 80s and 90s right you know i don't think it's a bad thing that that they bounce around to different eras i think it's 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 good for them to have that like you know, for their distributors to have something for everyone in a sense. And they don't care. I, I said this on my show earlier. I mean, it's just, you know, they, they've got a menu of, of themes from various generations and all money goes to Stern. And and after this, it'll be Godzilla or it'll be Led Zeppelin. And then they'll keep going and keep giving people options. So Jersey Jack Pinball, did you see the little teaser they put up today? <laughs> Yeah, I really have no idea. Like, what, what was that about? So it was game, like, what is it? The game has changed. Yeah, it's like dun, innovation. Dun, dun. <laughs> you ask for innovation, like, and the game's about to change, and then it quickly cut to all their games. What What do you think's about to change in the game? Well, look, we know the next two games, right? Toy Story and Guns N' Roses. So, okay, we have themes, but what uh, what would massively be an innovative change? I mean, I guess would it be internet? Possibly. I don't know. What, what, what's I can't imagine what would be so innovative to, to spark that trailer. Yeah, I was watching it, and as I saw all those adjectives pop up, you know, you asked for innovation, and I was kind of like, I was telling someone, I think they've already delivered on these questions. You know, I, yeah. I, I think Jersey Jack has innovated. I think they have changed the game. Uh, I think what people are really hoping for from Jersey Jack is that they find more of the simple fun in the game. And I think that's, to me, what I'm hoping they find in Guns N' Roses and in Toy Story, is they stop over-baking their products. Would you agree with that? Yeah, yeah. I think, uh, yeah, sometimes they, I mean, look, they're, they're, uh, they have the passion to, to shoot for, you know, like in the case of Hobbit, just a massively huge rule set with a billion modes and what have you. But uh, I don't know. Sometimes, sometimes less is more. Like sometimes, pinball doesn't need that. And you know, it depends on the the design. It depends on the theme. You know, I'm I'm not an advocate for purely making a machine one way or the other. You know, I love TNA. I love Iron Man. Those are super simple games. I but I also love Lord of the Rings or Simpsons, which are more complex and deep games. You know, whatever works for the theme and design you've cooked up. But uh, like I was telling you the other day, you know, like with Toy Story, you know, you've got 
okay, you can make Toy Story where you shove four movies worth of material into a game, or you can just make it about Andy's room. Like the game could be Andy's room and that could be an amazing game. You know, I don't think they're going to have like some game changing thing. Uh, I, I, I fully expect Guns N' Roses to be a game that will respond to the feedback that they've gotten from pirates and some of the some of the skepticism around making these games too complex and, and too complicated. Because even as I think about pirates, and it's it's a game that no one can stop talking about because of the fact that they're not making anymore. But I would just imagine Lord of the Rings. If Keith made it so you have to select from each member of the fellowship you could choose from at the beginning of the game with different yeah, attributes, it's, it's just like why? <laughs> it's too much. It's like a, it's like a role playing game. And when when you step up to a pinball machine, you you know you, you go back to kind of like the the sort of Bally Williams theory. You want there to be something super obvious that looks fun. You know, like medieval ma- madness. Oh, there's a castle. I'm going to hit that. But then you have all this other nuance that you can discover later. But if if you're if you get a wall of text and characters and attributes and all this shit from the second you press start, it's overwhelming. I'm just like, I don't know what any of this means. I don't give a fuck. Right. Uh, that's me. Uh, but I feel like that's probably a lot of people who would step up to that game. Maybe in, in home use, you you can memorize those 83 characters and what they do. Let's talk about the game that I feel like everyone's forgotten about. Stranger Things. Are huh? you are you a fan of the show? There, were, there was a Stranger Things game? What? <laughs> Isn't it amazing? Uh, yeah, it's, no, I like, I like the show. I mean, but think about like that show is so popular. Brian yeah. Eddy, the man who designed some of like the top five games on Pinside and maybe arguably the best game of all time in Medieval Madness and Attack from Mars. His return to pinball. What do you think? Has this game just fallen into a black hole, or is this just Canada being a cynic? Like, what do you think? Yeah, and he's a real, you know, just to, to Brian Eddie's a super nice guy. He's a real sweet guy. I mean, just on a personal level, he's he's a friend, and I like him a lot. So, you know, if I talk any shit about the game, I don't want. I hope he doesn't uh, take too much offense. But uh, yeah, I don't know. I th- I think it it came out with the code kind of under underbaked, and that I mean that's not his fault. It, it seemed like they were going for more of the uh, the dark and spooky thing rather than making it a little bit more fun with some of the stuff about the kids and, and what they do. You know, people were skeptical of the uh, the projector. You know, I mean, I, I get that they were trying something new, but just to have a giant wall in the game, I don't know if that was what anyone really wanted. Can I run an internet idea by you? Okay, because I know we, we talk about internet as terms of gameplay, but let me let me run a scenario by you. Imagine... If all the Ellie machines came with a walkie-talkie attached to like the lockdown bar, why? I don't want my pinball. I don't want my pinball machine to have a, a microphone and to be listening. To no, me. it's a walkie-talkie, yeah. and you could like you could hit the channel. I'd be like anyone else out there, and you could talk to other Ellie owners via their walkie-talkies. Wouldn't that be amazing? No, because we have phones, and if we want to talk to people, we can just call people. <laughs> the game came out and. It, it had the big ramp and it had the Demogorgon and it didn't have season three. Is that a problem, Greg, when you've when you've got a franchise that's in the middle of its of its narrative and you leave it out? No, I, I think that's not that big of a deal when it comes to a pinball machine. You know, a pinball machine isn't a complete DVD box set. You, you don't always need the entire story of the thing to be. To make the machine good, if you kind of have the basics of the characters and some of the villains, it's 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 enough, you know. Like uh, you know, like the Sopranos came out, and that didn't have the whole show in it, but it 
it had look there's there's you know the mob and you're trying to rob people and shake people down for money you know it it has the essence of the theme and and sometimes that's enough i mean uh you know like uh, i don't know why i'm bringing up avengers because it's not a great game but like avengers was just based on the first movie um but whatever it's fine it's the avengers all the characters are there and then you know same with guardians yeah Yeah, exactly it's it's not a that's not a deal breaker I, i don't think that was a big deal that it it uh just had the first few seasons um but don't you wish, like Rick and Morty, where you can add the fourth season and they, they inked a deal with Justin where they can incorporate the the yeah. newer seasons. No, I mean, I think that's cool. I mean, especially with Rick and Morty because it's comedy. So it's like to update your game and get more funny. That's awesome. Do you think um, we're, we're going to see that? I'm curious about that with Spooky. Do you think we're actually going to see that happen? I mean, they already said all the modes that they've planned aren't even in the game yet. So if anything, we're gonna keep getting updates with uh with more modes i'm always a little skeptical because the incentive to keep making something better and better it it, it's got to wean a little bit when you've already sold out in four hours and you've got everyone's money and they're committed but i feel like they are going to do it justice and i feel like scott is on a mission and every time i talk to him he's like look chris it's not about that he's like now i feel an obligation to making this game <laughs> yeah. as amazing as possible. And I love hearing stuff like that because I, I love hearing that he's still yeah. restless to make sure this game goes down in history as a great game and not just as a sellout in four hours and then they abandon ship like the Munsters. Yeah, I mean, they're passionate about the game. They're passionate about the theme. And, and, and just the way they've set up that game actually lends itself to, you know, because sometimes, you know, like we were saying, sometimes too many modes is just too much. It's like you, you can you can just go too far. But because Rick and Morty, the modes are all, random how they start just having more of them in there just adds sort of more fun because you're gonna even if you have a real short game where you only start one mode you're probably gonna see a lot more different content once they add more stuff into the game and and that's just a plus for that type of design that game's fun because you've got the modes and the adventures and then you've got the dimensions you go into and it almost feels like those two things working in unison exponentially make the game refreshing every time you play it because you don't know what dimension you're going to hit and you don't know what adventure you're going to go on and and they're all fun and quirky and weird it's 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 a fun game i i i I can't wait to get mine i'm not sure when it's ready to ship i'm trying to find (laughs) out from my building it's weird now greg it's ready to just so much coming out right now i'm kind of like do I just wait and see over the next month? But no, I mean, I don't know. I don't, I think, I don't think I don't, I'm not getting Ninja Turtles though over Rick and Morty. I, I can definitively say that there there's right. It does not make me want to give up Rick and Morty. Um, Guns and Roses, yeah, different story. Cause I'm a huge GNR fan, <clears throat> but I don't think we're going to see GNR this summer. What do you think? Do you think the move to Chicago, do you think Jersey Jack is going to get games out the door anytime soon? Yeah, well, I mean, they just dropped that teaser. So does that mean something in relation to when the next game is coming? It's it's hard to say, but uh, but as far as yeah, they also dropped it on the day Ninja Turtles got announced. Now that's an interesting bullish yeah. move, don't you think? Yeah, they might just be be trying to get some attention. Well, all they gotta but, do yeah. is give me like leak some stuff to Canada, and I'll, I'll get them attention. I mean, I think they're ner- <laughs> I think they're nervous. They might have caught wind that I might have some GNR details. I'm going to share next week. Yeah, but as far as like you know, you know, you got Rick and Morty coming. Mine's a little bit later. I think mine's one seventy or so. Um, but yeah, when my Rick and Morty finally is imminent, uh, like I have to decide to sell a game. So that's the other thing with Ninja Turtles. You know, kind of going back to that. If I'm at the point where if I get something, something's got to go. 
And then I have to look at my collection and be like, okay, well, is there anything I'm ready to say goodbye to to get right, something well, new? And, that, and that's tough. What do you got? I'm going to tell you right now what should go. What do you got? Here we go. All right. This is my collection. Simpsons Pinball Party, Lord of the Rings, Revenge from Mars, Monster Bash, Bram Stoker's Dracula, Circus Voltaire, Black Knight 2000, Adam's Family, Whitewater, Star Trek Next Generation, Family Guy, Roadshow, No Good Gophers, The Shadow, Tron, L.E., ACDC, Doctor Who, Theater of Magic, Metallica, Medieval Madness, Iron Man, and TNA. Okay. Man, um, you missed you missed selling that Tron L.E. a few years ago for a big profit, so you missed the... <laughs> I missed love the... Tron, though. I don't want... That's the thing. I don't want to get rid of Tron. <laughs> right. Um, I would, like, Roadshow? I love Roadshow. It's so good. No good gophers? I see... I have some quirky games that some people would easily let go, but I I love that game a lot. I, I like games with personality and cartoon characters, and and those two fit the bill for me. Plus, plus I bought my Gophers from the actor that did the voice of Pac-Man in the 1980s cartoon, so I don't know. It's got a cool story attached to it. Uh, I keep thinking Theater of Magic. No particular reason other than I'm just not as attached to it. I guess as other games, but then what happens is then I turn it on and play it. And I'm like, man, this is a great game. <laughs> right. But, uh, so yeah, honestly, I really don't know yet. At, at one point I was thinking Simpsons, strangely enough, cause it is a great game, but it's one of those games that you, you just, you have to hunker down for like 45 minutes and have a really good game on it. So now you have a very special version of star Trek, the next generation. Oh yeah. You want me to play some, here, I'll play something cool. that probably most people haven't heard. Okay. Um, yeah, so I, I bought my Star Trek The Next Generation from Gates McFadden, who played Dr. Crusher on the show. Um, let me get my pug off the couch so she can't jump. Um, yeah, so I bought this uh, Star Trek Next Generation around 2008, I think. Brand new in the box. She had never opened it. So I got to open a Bally Williams game. All right, so every actor who got a Star Trek Next Generation machine has a custom ROM on their game that has... Uh, some of their outtakes from their recording session. So these are hers. Hello, Mama. My name is Jack. James Cleveland. James Cleveland. Hello, Mama. My name is Jack. James Cleveland. James Cleveland. Do you have medical insurance? Do you realize most of my patients die? Oh, there you go. There's a bunch of. Now, are, how are you playing those right now on the computer? No, that's my machine. If if you're in the attract mode and you press both flipper buttons, it plays those. Buttons. Oh, that's cool. Now. Yeah. Hello, this, Mama. Yeah. My name is Jim. I don't know why she was singing that, but this is um. She was singing that. Wow. So that's like I mean, you and I have debated about. I mean, this game's obviously very valuable. It's very rare. It's Star Trek: The Next Generation. When you look at a game like that, Greg, I mean, how do you look mm -hmm. at a game like that? Then then pan over to like a modern Stern and be like nine thousand dollars. Like like like. <laughs> well, that's why I really don't. I don't buy too many new games anymore, and that's why I get so picky about every little aspect. I'm like, okay, if I'm going to drop that much, this game has to bring everything that I'm hoping for, which, you know, never seems to happen. But, uh, but yeah, look, I mean, I never considered my, it, it's kind of funny. I was never a Bally Williams snob. When I started in this hobby, I was the guy who kind of liked every, Like I like Stern games. I like data East games. I like Sega games and all the, all the collectors hated everything that wasn't Bally Williams. And it's kind of funny that now a lot of the collectors are pure stern, stern army, stern only. Um, and like sometimes I'm seen as like the anti-stern guy, even though I still have 
seven Stern games, and I've owned, you know, I haven't owned any Spike games, but from like Sam and White Star, I've owned almost every game <laughs> at one point or the other. So yeah, I'm not anti-Stern, but like, yeah, I I think that just in general, the 90s games are the greatest games, the greatest designs and greatest implementations of the themes they're based on. Right. Um, and yeah, so yeah, it's hard to look at the sticker prices to say <laughs> if the game isn't bringing everything to the table. I mean, you know, I know sometimes you talk about like what games used to cost, but like when I ordered Tron LE, it was 5350 shipped with a shaker. That's crazy. That's how much, that's how much that was. They were selling for like 12k plus in box for for a long time. Yeah, after they were they kind of cuz what happened was like when games like Tron and Iron Man were coming out, those were like Stern's like lean years where Borg was the only designer. Lonnie was the only programmer on staff and Lyman was helping uh, like remotely and, and the games were just considered cheap and, and the collectors who, you know, were mostly about Bally Williams games, but would sometimes buy Stern games. You know, a lot of the collectors, they liked Lord of the Rings, they liked Pirates, they liked Simpsons, they liked Family Guy. But once once like Iron Man and Tron came out, people were like, they're cheap, they're Photoshop, there's nothing on the play field, these games suck. And they wrote them off completely. And then a year or so later when people started to play them and realize, Oh, these games are really fun. That's when the prices started to shoot up, you know, and that's why they remade Iron Man. It was a flop at first. And then people discovered how fun it was. And then the demand went up. Yeah. And, and also like Tron LE is still one of the only truly unique LE machines they've ever made because it has a unique mode in it. It's, it's amazing to me how yeah. they, and there's no, there's no premium. There's no premium. And the Daft Punk multiball continues to keep the the prices of that game pretty stable. You know, I, I get I get labeled as someone who rags on Stern too. And like the two longest games I've ever had in my collection were Lord of the Rings and Batman sixty six, and yeah. I completely understand why people love Stern machines. I've loved Stern machines. I just for the life of me can never understand how a Star Trek: The Next Generation can be gotten for five thousand dollars and people like are like no i'd rather go in on this pro version of a monsters it's like weird to me it's like it's it's the new style of collector i think where like when i started you know collecting was more about you, you found stuff cheap around town on craigslist at auctions and you took it home and you fixed it yourself and 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 that was part of the hobby was fixing your own games and bringing them back to life and collecting old games like new games just weren't a factor and now you've got a lot of new people in the hobby who they don't have that experience of going out and hunting games i mean partially because it's hard to find those games anymore you know the inventory of used shitty broken games got sucked up by like people like me and my friends um so like those options aren't even out there if you want to go that route so new games is what people gravitate towards because right. you, you can get them you want you know i want a game okay there's new games i can go get one right no and i get it like there there's there's a hassle involved with buying a used game sight unseen having it shipped having it packaged taking the word of the seller that everything is the way that they describe it i mean it's everyone has good and bad experiences but when you buy new in box most likely you're going to have a much better experience than if, you know, than if you're rolling the dice on a game that you haven't seen in person. Yeah, theoretically, theoretically. I mean, look, I've, I've bought a lot of new games and some were absolutely perfect and have never had a problem. And some were nonstop problems where I had yeah. to have the, the play field up and was constantly working on them. Um, 
Oh, really quick. So I know you mentioned, you know, Tron is like the true LE because it's got extra stuff. No one ever talks about it because no one really cares about these games. But Rolling Stones LE and Avatar LE, they also have some custom stuff that aren't in the pro version. And those games don't have premiums, but, you know, no one really wants those games. <laughs> I still think for the prices of these LEs, I, I, I can't understand why they just can't throw a unique mode into each one. It, it just would make the experience of owning it. And then maybe Jared could actually say he's in an elite group of 500 Ninja Turtles LE owners because there's like something, something unique to the gameplay in the LE. Yeah. Well, look, it take, it, it's so hard for them to even get these games finished, like to, to expect an extra thing every time. <laughs> it's just a whole other. How, how another... long do you think it takes to code a multi-ball mode? Like how? I mean, I'm always like, I don't buy it. I really don't. I don't buy it. I can't take that long this switch plus this switch equals this sequence of things happening well that's the thing every every game is different and every game has different logic and every game has a different flow to it in terms of right not physical flow but like how what's happening at any given time based on what you're hitting what you're likely to hit and i I think it's actually fairly difficult because pinball is not you know linear like a video game every every pinball machine is physically different and every little thing can make it a totally different experience to, to program, I think, to, to find that sweet spot. I, I agree with that. But once you get the entire game programmed, adding one little sweet extra can't be that hard. But apparently it is. And then here's the thing, Greg. They don't need to because the people buy anyway. It's like if if people yeah. would expect more and demand more from Stern with these LEs, they would get more. I mean, I'm still flabbergasted when I see a $9,000 Jersey Jack machine next to a $9,000 Stern. I mean, I, I look, I agree the Sterns are more fun, more approachable, and usually based on better themes. But if you just look at the what's in these games, it's it's comically worlds apart. Oh, yeah. Well, the only Jersey Jack I've had so far is Hobbit, and I know how you feel about that. I did sell my Hobbit, but honestly, I still like the game. I, I think it was a really fun game, and... and you know, it was kind of like a, a cinematic experience in a pinball machine, pretty much unlike, you know, anything probably since Lord of the Rings. Um, but yeah, just physically, that game was a, a beast and, and, and gorgeous. And uh, you've listened to most of my shows. I mean, I I'm hard on Jersey Jack, not because I'm not impressed by their games. I'm far more impressed with their games than Stern Machines. There's just always that thing about each one that always is like the well reason. you want to own you you want to own it yeah like, i want to own like it a tough love thing yeah, yeah and like <laughs> it's the same thing with me you know when, when i rag on stern games and, and i've you know i've done it a little too much part of it is shtick you know sometimes people think i'm like this massive stern hater which i'm really not because honestly i'm i'm really i'm friends with a lot of people that work there because you know when, when i did the family when we did family guy pinball I did the artwork for the machine. So I, I had a brief sort of stint working with Stern and I became friends with a lot of those guys. And, you know, I, I, it's one of those weird things where I sort of have to walk this line of being like a friend, but also a customer, you know? So sometimes I say shit that you wouldn't say to your friends, but it's because I'm a customer of an expensive <laughs> machine. Yeah. Um, but honestly, you know, I used to buy Stern games all the time. I used to buy new box games all the time. And when I talk shit, it's really just, because I kind of want to be in that place where I feel inspired to want to buy one of their games. It's, it's right. It's not to hate on them. It's because I, I, I want to kind of, I kind of want to give them money. You know? <laughs> right. Right. 
Well, Greg, I appreciate you taking the time to come on to the world's most hated and most adored pinball podcast, Canada's Pinball Podcast. Any final thoughts on Turtles? It sounds like you want to see more of the game. You know, I'm surprised on your show. We didn't even once mention the artwork. Well, let's talk about it because yeah. we, we um, what do you think about Zombie Yeti's art package on this game? I mean, I, I think it's really nice. Um, what I what I think is cool is that, you know, the original show didn't have one singular style, really. Like the first few episodes were done by Toei Animation. The next uh, big syndication package of episodes was done by like three different studios. So they all had their own model sheets and they all had their own style. And then like the toy packages had their own style. I feel like Jeremy has sort of picked from his favorite things from the different styles and sort of combined it into kind of a, a an homage that also is his style, you know, like, right. like, the, like this is really subtle, but if you notice like, like a lot of the drawings, the turtles have a line down the center of their nose. That's specifically from like the first five episodes and it never happened again. So it's like, you know, he threw that in there. That's kind of like, you know, for the, the hardcore fans, I think. Um, but yeah, I think it, lo- I think it looks great just uh, as a, as a fan of the show. Um, it, it looks, you know, because if you look at a lot of old turtles merchandise and box, like the box art of of uh, toys and and merch, like they they can look pretty goofy on a lot of that artwork. And I, I think he he kind of classed it up, you know, from what the actual merch in the eighties yeah. used to be. I I think the game looks great. I I. I was a little disappointed that everyone saw the artwork in low res with crappy video screenshots of the distributor uh, seminar that they did. You know, it's like, it's always unfortunate. And then when we saw the final version of it in HD today, like he put it up this morning and I saw it, I was like, oh, like this is, this is awesome. Like it just, it immediately hits you and, and, and captured the spirit of Ninja Turtles perfectly. I do. It's, wish... al- it's always tough to it's always tough to sell these the visuals of these games online. Honestly, like even great art packages, like or even shitty art or games that you think are going to look shitty. When you see them in person, a lot of the times they look way better just because they're they're sort of bathed in their own light from you know which casts shadows and gives it some depth. Because uh, like I've had games in the past that like technically have bad art, but like they actually look pretty good in person when you're playing. <laughs> yeah, I mean his look. Nobody knows better than the artist how to capture their art to look the best. And and Jeremy's very smart. He understands all of this. I I always hear him being like, why did they use this shot? The saturation levels are off. And like when he put up his shots this morning, it, it, was, oh, awesome. Yeah. it was awesome. So I, I just hope I don't understand why Stern can't figure out how to get content out into the world and understand the way the internet works. So if you're going to do a distributor call in which you show mm-hmm. them video footage of the game, like, do they really expect these people not to screen grab it and share it immediately? It's like, why do they do that? <laughs> like, just yeah, go they act, they act surprise every time. They act surprise every time these leaks happen. Um, you know, I, I, a lot of the, I think a lot of the leaks though, they're not from distributors. I think some of it's from regular media. You know, they're not like, the usual pinball suspects, but, but even in that case, you know, you can, you know, they can, and they can put like passwords on, or, or, you know, they could, they can make it so like they could give them the, the materials and you can't open it until, you know, right before the release date. Yeah. I mean, no one uh, cares though. Right. In the real world, like nobody cares. It's no, like, no one wow. Shit. It's is just it, us. <laughs> this is, yeah. This isn't the new iPhone where 
if you leak it early and it's not what people want, Apple stock's going to lose billions in value. I mean, it's so silly. I, I saw that they had Jarrett. Well, and we usually know anyway. Like we we like we knew this was Turtles last year, right? Like last the only year. thing that really caught everyone by surprise was Rick and Morty. <laughs> like Rick and Morty right. came out of nowhere. They right. they kept that secret. Right. Yeah, no, totally. And it's like, we know it's Zombie Yeti. We know it's John Borg. We know it's Ninja Turtles. So it's like, surprise, surprise. It's John Borg. It's Zombie Yeti. It's Ninja Turtles. It's like, so yeah, I mean, I thought it looked great. I wish that they would do one thing for the people. And I wish they would implement more of like a rad cow, the foiled artwork. I don't understand why Stern mm. has never brought back the foiled artwork that they put oh, yeah. on batman 66 sle like it's not expensive they just haven't yeah, done it didn't become a i'm surprised i didn't become a standard like i've got i've got an iron man the first iron man vault where and that's where they that's not the first time they used the foil i think the first time they used the foil artwork was on mustang le i think um but they did it on iron man vault and it's absolutely gorgeous it's awesome and yeah i can't imagine that it's that much more expensive than a regular decal um yeah, that would be an amazing, just standard thing to do on any machine. Right. And these are, and, and also like, these are no longer mirrored back glasses the way they used to be. I mean, it is very much, it is a piece of glass instead of plastic, but it's still just like glued onto it instead of like, or printed it, on. I've seen, the, I've seen the back and forth where people have debated whether it's a true back glass anymore. I, I mean... Honestly, I don't there's, care. There's only like one it. way to find out, right? Just yeah, smash it. it. <laughs> so smash it on the ground. So artwork was, I think the artwork won people over in the end, which we, which which I'm glad because Jeremy is great and he's a great asset for Stern. Um, Dwight oh, yeah. didn't screw this game up, even though he did all he could to screw up the stream tonight. It's a the guy like, it's literally just like just Dwight. Oh, I, I, that's that's my main memory of the stream. Um, the game seems yeah, like. Yeah, I mean, we we went over that already. <laughs> yeah, it's got a lot um, in it. I I think this game's gonna go down. If if you were to ask me, I think this game is gonna be fun. It's gonna be appealing to those who like Ninja Turtles. If you don't really like Ninja Turtles, though, I don't think it's gonna move people onto the other side and and jump into it the way someone might jump into Iron Maiden if they didn't like the band as much. I I don't think it has that same pull. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, at, at the end of the day, again, with with every game that. It, appeals to a certain demographic. There's going to be people who are into it. And there's going to be people, people who aren't into it. You can't please everyone. And yeah, if you don't like turtles, go buy uh, Iron Maiden or go whatever uh, monsters or whatever speaks to you. But, um, but at the end of the day, it's like, even if you're not into the theme, it's, it's a basic good versus evil concept, which I think is good for pinball. You're the good guy. You're fighting the bad guy. So like, even if you don't know anything about Ninja Turtles, you could walk up to this game and, and kind of, figure figured out or at least the vibe of it pretty right. quickly isn't it weird that we even care like how well a game sells <laughs> like 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 none of us are investors in the company like we're not investors like and we never get the data anyway it's just a weird thing that we all spend years like trying to speculate as if we're vested in this i think what we all want though is just we want to see the things we love brought to life in pinball format in a way that does it justice. So on a scale of one exactly. to 10, Greg, how well does this game in your mind deliver the Ninja Turtles that you love on a scale of one to 10? Dang. I mean, like I said, it's it's got its pros and cons, but I think it all came from a good place. Like, you know, sometimes a license can feel cynical, you know, like, oh, we're just getting this license because it's the hot thing. 
it, it definitely seemed like everyone involved with this loved that show. So like, you know, I can't give it a shitty number. One what, to ten. Should I give it an eight? An eight? Yeah. Let's say I, eight. I, Just based on the passion that went into it. Yeah. I'm a, I wish I'm, it had the real voices. I wish it had the real clips. But it's it's still like an awesome 80s Ninja Turtle themed game if that's yeah. what you want. Yeah, I'm, I'm around there as well. I mean, I I think if you love Turtles and, and like Jarrett loves Ninja Turtles and the guy's gushing over this game and look at this game's going to put a smile on people's faces and it's going to put a smile on people's faces other than Zach Sharp when they play it. And I think people are going <laughs> they're going to enjoy it. And, you know, look, and here's the good news. If you don't like this game, good news is in two to three months, Stern will have something else for you. And then in three months from then, they'll have something else for you to choose from. And that's why it really does. When I was watching the stream tonight, I almost didn't care. I was more impressed by the camaraderie of the Stern team. And I was and I and I have respect for these men because they they make it happen. I'm so sick of all the excuses by all these other companies. Stern just gets it done like they're I like it or not they get it done they get the game in a box and you can have it in a few weeks that's amazing yeah in 2020 yeah and it's nice to see that again like collaborative uh on a collaborative level they were they were all it seems really passionate about this theme and like knew what they were going for i, I think sometimes when a game comes out and it's not that good i, I get the feeling it's because like everyone was kind of working in their own bubble designer doing one thing programmer gets the design they're like okay what's this i have to make a game out of it this seems like a situation where everyone had like a common goal yeah and it, and it probably ultimately made for a better game nobody said what you see is what you get <laughs> that will go right. down in infamy as the line of willy wonka when they were streaming it oh is that, is that what yeah that's what they said joe what you see is what you get when we were asking questions about the code and how it would mature um, well, Greg, thank you so much for joining Canada's Pinball Podcast. Always a pleasure. And just so you guys know, me and this man, we might come from different political worlds at times and different social views. But Greg, you are one of my best friends and we talk all the time on Facebook. And, and I'm happy that you unbanned me a few months ago. <laughs> and it's always been a pleasure. And I say this, I love we this hobby. Yeah, we do. And I love this hobby because it, it, it provides friendships with people that I never would have met. And, and to me, ultimately, that's the power of, of, of pinball, it, it is how it connects people and that we can even geek out over this stuff. Um, while our wives are in other rooms rolling their eyes at us as, as you count your 22 machines. Hey, she, she likes them too. She plays with me. Yeah, she's got them all on eBay right now. You don't know it. Yeah. I'm bidding on your Star Trek The Next Generation with the custom ROMs. Well. Well, if the uh, if the if the Rona gets me, look for look for all my games on eBay. Awesome. Well, brother, thank you for joining the show. All right, man. Take care. All right.